0: time got the game statistics i could say if you wasn't at the game you
1: missed it but now raw mind sports covers the distance front row that's close like a coach's assistant you want to be in the know eyes open and listen this is raw mind
2: sports another edition another, another episode of raw mind sports i'm your host ryan jones i got my guy chris jones here with chris jones sports talk and we got no one i mean not no one none other Than the raw man himself beside me because I'm raw too, Corey Baker. Welcome back, Corey. And this is a Tuesday episode, man. After a great week of football, man. Now we're in week eight. Um, this is week eight, right? Yes, week eight coming up. Um, it's gonna be some good games, but let's talk about week seven, man. Um, Chris Jones kind of kind of normal, you know, guy out the bay a die-hard Cowboys fan, just like me out of North Carolina, die-hard 49 fan, and crazy about him. but um, let's talk about your Dallas Cowboys, the leadership role, and what do you got to say? What's going on in Big D? Other than... Well, I'll,
0: tell, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I'm not happy about what I've seen on Sunday by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, You know, I've, I've been... Covering sports for a while now, and I, I have never seen something like what I seen on Sunday mm-hmm. by the Dallas Cowboy, by the Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, I'm sure you guys probably seen the, the the video by now. It was a hit that was done by John Bostic on Andy Dalton
2: uh, yeah, in the yeah. third
0: quarter with about six minutes left. Uh, after he took this hit not one player from the Dallas Cowboys came to his aid, jumped up in John Boston's face. And I want to talk about that for a minute, man, because that kind of hit a nerve with me. Mm. You know, um, um, first and foremost, you know, when you play football, it's that camaraderie, that partnership, that, you know, those are your boys, you know, when you go out right, there right. on that field, whatever beef you got, you know, during the week, you know, y'all keep that, on, y'all keep that to your – you know, you keep it at practice. But come Sunday on game day, you put all that stuff behind. And I'm not saying there was beef, and that's why the offensive lineman allowed that to happen to Andy Dalton. But I'm just saying on Sunday, you have, they all have one common goal, and that's just to win. But when Andy Dalton took this hit, not one player from the Cowboys offense got in John Bostick's face. I mean, John Boston hit him so hard his helmet flew five to ten yards. <laughs> and and to me, you know, what was the what was the camaraderie? At? What was the compassion? What was the the anger from from some of the Dallas teammates? Hell, I don't even think the head coach Mike McCarthy even said nothing about that. I mean, the cameras didn't show him. Now uh-huh. earlier in that game, though. Um, it did show Andy Dalton digging into his offensive lineman on the sideline. And I think he was mad about the way they were performing. But I got two choice words for the Dallas Cowboys right now on the offense, and, and, and particularly the offensive lineman. I got two choice words for them right now. The Man thoughts? up. Because it, it, wasn't uncalled. it wasn't called for. I don't want to play next to somebody who don't got my back. not Especially in a situation like that. Now, um, if I may talk about John Boston for a minute, the dude, the defensive back for the Washington Redskins, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Now, now the Cowboys' offense—they in hot water too. But so is John Boston. The Redskins was up by three touchdowns down there. I think the score was twenty-two to three. The Cowboys was in their own end zone. And when Andy Dalton scrambled out of the end zone, and when he slid, which he did and gave himself up, he was nowhere even near the first down. So what was John Boston thinking? How do you go and take a quarterback's head off who gives himself up and y'all leading by almost three touchdowns? To me, that was a perfect show of disrespect. It was a perfect show of disrespect towards mm. your opposing team. And, uh, you know, to my, to my understanding, he may not even get suspended. He's just going to get a fine, and he's going to get to continue to play. I don't think he should play because, you know, it, I, don't think that, I don't think it was called for. I don't know if you guys seen it, but that's my take on that.
2: Well, i seen it. I've seen it. But, um, Corey Baker, how you feel about this? I'm going to let you get your raw thoughts in before I go in at it.
1: It's kind of crazy for Dallas Cowboys. I understand you're a, um Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, Chris. Man, it's kinda it's kinda crazy because I feel like Matt McCarthy, he done lost the team, man. I'm Dallas is very, very spooky. And <laughs> it's very I'm sorry, I d I mean it's it's a, I know it's I know it's a trial time for y'all fans for Dallas Cowboys. I've never seen Dallas play like this. The defense, everything, everything Fugazi, everything. everything suspect, man. i I ain't never I never seen a football team like that. And they hit that you was talking about. It was crazy, but John Boston, he made a play. He played aggressive. He's an aggressive linebacker. He's an NFL linebacker. But what the players, like, the players, I just think, the players just, like, just want to get paid, man. I think it's just a lost year for y'all. I mean, you know, you know, when the Redskins with D.C. beat y'all 23, what was, what was the score, 23 to five? 25 to three. Yeah, 25. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm like, wow. Y'all offense, I mean. Mm-hmm. Y'all just picked up um, so y'all just sent the defensive lineman to Ernest Griffith. Y'all just traded him
2: to the um, Detroit Lions, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: for so,
2: a sixth round pick, right? Shoot, you guys just about gave away for nothing, but I can't say anything is possible in the 6 round. But a little bit of nothing, I mean. Go ahead, go ahead, Corey.
1: 6 round pick, but I just think y'all in rebuilding mode. I know you're a Cowboy fan, and y'all, y'all in the '90s, y'all won, but I don't think it's y'all time no more in the NFC. I think the NFC is all about Seattle, um, Green Bay. I just don't see y'all winning like that. Y'all think y'all can be up through the draft and Jerry Jones? I think Jerry Jones don't know what he's doing no more. He got you know him and his. They ain't football guys. They're just guys with money. I just that's my opinion of Dallas Cowboys. I think. No. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Corey, can Chris I respond to with that? Here. Can I can I respond? Yes. You know, I
0: agree with you on that. I don't know what it is about the Cowboys organization but there's some type of poison running through that franchise. I don't know if it's the business. I don't know if it's the communication. I don't know if it's the administration. I don't know if it's the coach. Jason Garrett is gone, so let's, let's take the coaching out. I mean, pretty much the only other thing left is the administration and, and, and possibly communication because the same thing that's happening to the Dallas Cowboys with all the talent they got, they still doing the same things they was doing 10 years ago and having the same outcome. So there's gotta be one common denominator. And for some, we all know we have our suspicion, you know, a lot of fingers point towards Jerry Jones, but it's the same thing.
2: You're right,
1: Chris. I agree
2: with it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Corey.
1: Go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. Hey, oh, yeah,
2: I I agree with that. I'll make this short and simple, man. I just it all comes down to this. It's the owner, man. Ownership. You can't fire the owner. Jared Jones, the owner, Jared Jones is the GM. That went down. It pretty much showed you where where the leadership went. The defensively, I don't know if, if like they always say on on sports shows, um, let me get my raw thoughts. Nolan um the Nolan guy, I don't even know his face. I don't know if, Nolan must be his Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan. He's not. I don't know if he's put the right defensive format in there because the team was pretty okay last year. But the defensive style he's bringing with is not working. And apparently, they're getting destroyed by everybody. Anybody right now at this moment, even myself, could probably go out there and score on the Cowboys because I don't know the format he has. And I'm looking at it from the ownership. Listening to Jared Jones today saying that, telling the radio host to shut up and telling him we got leadership, this and third, because at the end there with Jerry Jones looks at it, deep down, raw thoughts, when you try to question leadership, you're basically telling Jerry Jones you're questioning him. So mm-hmm. he's going to go take that. He's going to take that hit regardless. Regardless, you're talking about Mike McCarthy. He's going to say, you just, you're trying to question what I chose because he's the GM and the owner. He's not one of them owners who just sits back, let the GM do their work, and if they be successful with it, fine, but once they don't be successful, they'll, they'll let them go. He's not that type of owner that lets him do everything they want to do. No, he's on it. He's on everything. And that's the biggest problem, man. He's he's into too much stuff. And yes, saves money, and it's a it's a Jerry Jones um business. It's not even just a Dallas Cowboys, it's a Jerry Jones business that his family's gonna run and gonna keep having for years. When he dies, Stephen and the family, the grandkids, whoever's gonna be set for life. And With the Cowboys, it's never about wins or how many championships with him. It seems like it's about how many people you put in the stadium, how many people he can make money off, how many endorsers he can have. Like, and I'm looking at him like some stuff is like simple logic. Like, you know, this team is not in a Super Bowl mindset, but in the the day, the Cowboys can be one and five, like this week. They on Sunday night football. One and five playing against the Eagles. And they still on Primetime TV with this atrocious team right now. And they're still getting time. Ratings that's money that goes to the Cowboys. That I sit there and say to myself, like, that's what it's really all about. It's never about the wins and the losses of the fans. The fans still gonna be mad, but in the, the day, just like you, Chris, you still gonna look at it. They the 15. You still, I mean, Ryan, I could watch a game
0: on any given day,
1: <laughs> and
0: I'll tell you what, I, I'll tell you what, 60 to 70 percent of the people at the football games. They ain't watching the football game, man. I don't know what they doing, but they ain't even watching the football game. I don't know what they doing, but they ain't
2: looking at nothing. Because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I know they got the COVID now going on. Jared was very advocate in saying he going to get fans at the stadium. Like, forget COVID, forget you get sick. This at the beginning of the season, I'm I'm hearing these thoughts from from Jared Jones saying, like, we're going to get these fans. He said, we're going to have fans here. Jared said he wants every dime he could get fund these investors, these people who help out, like his mindset is on the dollar, because mm-hmm. America is a capitalist country, so it's all about the dollar. It ain't about no feelings, it's about the dollar, mm-hmm. and at the end of with Jerry, no matter what we do, no matter, we, no matter what we say, and as we are doing now on this podcast, is that yeah. we're talking about the Cowboys. As long as the Cowboys names get put up, people gonna buy, people gonna talk, those ratings go in. It makes the Cowboys better, and it makes Jerry more money. So I'm just saying to myself, Mike McCarthy was not the best coach for this team. But, you know, with the running attack and the things they have, I knew it was coming. You know, so when you say leadership, I knew once they said something about the leadership, I knew Jerry was going to come out and say something. I knew Steven was going to come out and say something. You know why? Because they actually literally, not like a GM, like some owners let the GM pick the guy. You know, then some owners may don't have a GM, so of course they got to pick the coach, or they'll probably pick the GM first to let him go find the coach. These guys literally hand-picked Mike McCarthy. So when they look at it, when they interview him, when they got rid of Jason Garrett, and and really they really didn't want to get rid of Jason Garrett because they really gave Jason Garrett a long time, but it was like, you know, we ain't got no choice. They probably made sure Jason Garrett was straight. When you see these guys, they literally hand-picked Mike McCarthy themselves. They sat down with Mike McCarthy. They talked with Mike McCarthy. So, when you ever say you disrespected Mike McCarthy in a situation like the Cowboys got their business or their franchise set up, the organization set up, it's like you saying you disrespecting disrespected on They don't have no, they, you're saying that the Joneses don't have a leadership. That's what you're basically saying with this type of team. It's a different way they run their, their, their business. It's a different way they run their organization. And that's the biggest problem, man, because right now it's ridiculous, man. Watching the NFC East right now is ridiculous. I'm to the point where I'm hoping Roger Goodell this year can change the rules and say, hey, look, teams like that, they have a record that bad, just don't get in the playoffs and just count it as a loss, let's come back next year. And they should be fair enough to know they don't even deserve to be in the playoffs at 16. Like,
0: no, I don't want to see that because that might right. be the only way we get in. Right, right. I know that. I get it. Now, I know you. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> and I get it. But I'm saying to the point, like, when you look at it, you're like, man, these teams, even if they get home field, I don't think none of these teams could beat whoever comes to their house. Like, let's say the 49ers get a seven seed. Right now, with the 49ers beat up, I don't see Dallas. Philly may beat them earlier this year because of the fact they was – the 49ers was on their third string quarterback. They was really, really beat up. They didn't got a few guys healthy since then. I don't see that happening again. Nope. The Washington football team, right now Kyle Island is playing, but you don't know who their quarterback is at the moment. I mean, he's playing okay right now, but then again, you can't say that because played playing against the Cowboys defense. But you know, right? Well on that note, we've seen a lot of
0: good stories written, though, from teams that make it into the playoffs. Right, like true. the Eagles just the other year. Yeah, you're you right. You know, Aaron Rodgers made it as a wild card and then won the Super Bowl. Right, right. There's a lot of good stories written from the system that they have in place because I like to see a team who barely makes it into the playoffs go in and, and knock out a couple of big dogs because that you know, that's that's what we that's what we enjoy about sports. But right. no, you do have a point. Because there's teams that's grinding, they holding their own, they putting up numbers, and they performing who deserve to be in the playoffs. And you got a good point with that.
2: You're right. I'll leave it at that. Um, All right, man. Let's go to – I'm going to leave that story later, but the next story. Sorry. Excuse me. Let's talk about the Bills and the Patriots and Tom Brady and the Bulls. But let's first talk about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Either one could go first. I don't know which one wanna go first.
1: <laughs> well my um my ad um ad take on that was going on in New England. You know, I love I like Cam. I like Brian i I like Pillage i mean, Brian Pillage, but I think it's the sister, man. I think they used to Tom Brady and I mean New England that situation. Kinda difficult. I think they just used to Tom Brady, cause you know they uh, Cam Newton like to run, and that system that he's what is going on with him, he ain't used to it, and you know he ain't really had time to really get um get used to the um, the system with New England. And then right. he got He caught the um the um the, the virus. virus. He caught the virus, so I'm thinking that um it's gonna take a little time with that, but he Cam Newton better tighten up. Okay, he better tighten up because New England want to win. They all about win, so he just went through a winning program, and I think that's the Tom Brady um system, and and you see what Tom Brady doing in Tampa Bay, but I think that that's not Cam Newton's system. Maybe I'm right or wrong. I don't know, but to me, I don't think he fit New England because you look at the look at the throws he throws. You know, they all got other change wide receivers. They don't have deep threats. You know. And their defense is always good, but Devin McCarthy, I think they're trying to trade him. I think they're And they're trying,
2: trying to trade Gilmore, too.
1: Gilmore, too. Hey, Stephon Gilmore, too. I, you just read my mind. I just think their organization, they're going to be fine because they got players today in the AFC East, but I don't think Cam Newton. I was suspect when he signed with them, too, because he that ain't his style, you know. He, he like to run the ball, you know. Hey. But... That's my opinion, and I think um, Billups is a great coach. I just don't think him and Josh McDaniel, the the system they have in New England, that system's been the same for about 20 years. I just think they quarterback play Cam Newton and just he's not doing his job. He, you know he used to, and uh, Justin Elliman he ain't getting the ball. They number one, the more of the story, they ain't got no number one wide receiver. Harry, you mm-hmm. know they ain't got no playmakers like that.
2: All right, go ahead, Chris. See what your thoughts are. Well, you know, uh,
0: I, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a run with what he just said. You know, I, I agree on a lot. You know, the biggest question with Cam going into uh, New England was, can Bill Belichick create some type of system, draw plays that would fit Cam Newton and still produce? And, and, and I think that question is no. I, I mean, as great of a coach as he is, we now actually get to take a chance – And see how much Tom Brady ran that offense instead of just Bill Belichick. I think people give Bill Belichick a lot of credit now. After watching Cam Newton, you know um, he—I don't know. I don't know. uh, I don't know what's going on with the New England Patriots right now, but it's not looking good. Um, I just don't. Again, I just think that uh, um, the question was: Is Bill Belichick? going
2: to be able to create a system for a mobile quarterback, and I think we got our answer, because the Patriots are what, two and five? Yeah, have, yeah two and five. Two, two and four. five, so that, that, I think two that's... Four. that's, that's two and four. Not...
1: Could yeah. have to do another game, but
2: I think, I think they're two and four. Yeah, they two and four. Could have had to um, cancel the game out one week or something to do something. But, alright, you finished now, Chris? You want to go ahead? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Alright, here's my thoughts, man. Raw thoughts. I'm going to make this short, sweet, and quick. Bill Belichick is still a genius, people. And here's why I'm going with this. Belichick knew this year was going to be rough. He's still the GM. Or the, he's in the same situation, something similar to the Cowboys. He's the GM and the head coach. And Robert Kraft actually lets him do what he wants to do. So he does both. Belichick has a lot of money that he's been saving for years. And also he has a lot of money on the table that he could use. Because everybody's on that contract. For what I saw, the highest players getting paid $8 million in a year's time. So nobody's really getting paid top dollar. So if he wants to go revamp the whole roster next year, bring in some veterans and use some money to bring in something, he can. Now, the offensive end-wise, he doesn't really create the plays on the offense, what I know. He's a defense defensive genius, and he allows Joshua Daniels to do whatever. But now he'll come in and, and, and say, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. But he's not the one that's going to be on the offensive side all the time. What I saw with Bill Belichick was bringing Cam for now, see how this worked. I know Brian Hoyer or Stig- Stigham couldn't do nothing for me. So I'm going to try to hopefully Josh McDaniels, as he worked with Tebow before, can probably run some sets. And I guess he was expecting out a quarterback of Cam Newton is to, look, you ain't got much, but you got your legs. So you not only have a running back in the backfield, but you're a running back. So I'm thinking he's saying like, we can't move to change your passing game. Let's move the change with your ability to be mobile. And Maybe get it out there here and there, because he doesn't have no receivers. Bill Belichick knows that. Bill Belichick knows they're going to have to change a lot of things next year. I don't think Bill Belichick came into this season. Everybody probably thought they are going to have Tom Brady, but at the same time, he really knew this season was not going to be what it was going to be. Now, what he does next year is what I look at. That's what I'm looking at, like what next year happens, what he does with all this money out here. He can bring in key bets. He could pay some big-time players to come in and play. Possibly if you want to bring back Cam, but Cam's contract is off performance. So the other day we set him down, I really seen something in Bill Belichick that made me realize that Bill Belichick knows he knows we got to do next year. When he went to bench, Cam Newton, it was one of them soft, kind benches, like tap you in the lid. Hey, man, I know you had a rough day, and I know we ain't got – it was one of those, I know we ain't got what we got. I'm going to just say you for next week. And, look, we'll just get together next week. Although Cam came out and said, if I keep playing like this, I'm going to be benched. Bill Belichick, mind, he was like, hey, "What I'm gonna do? I mean, Stickham is good, but if they feel like they' are out the playoff race, when they're officially out of the playoff race, is when the guy number four, Stickham, will come in. But at, until then, Cam's still gonna be the starter. It just, it's just there's really gonna be some games we may have to bench him, but you got no other choice at the quarterback position right now, and he uh-huh. had to pick and choose. So we were looking at the free agency when Tom Brady decided to make that move. Cam was the only one really that was available." I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick knew, like, these quarterbacks ain't it for this team to get us nowhere. So, he probably figured, like, with a new league, bringing in a mobile quarterback could possibly help. So, he's seen Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, guys who extend plays, and Rodgers. You know, he probably said, the, the only thing we got left that's out there that's available there, I could probably get a good contract on or a cheap contract for them off of production to kind of see where it's at. We'll be going to go get Cam. Cam has produced, and no, all he hasn't. But I feel like Bill Belichick is waiting on next year to really do something. I think Bill Belichick is waiting on next year to bring in a lot of key players, unless he do it never for the trade deadline, which is just too much, too short period of time to get in a lot of key players like that. But I feel like he just knows at the beginning of this season, he knew he was just taking a risk. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Did he want to win? Yeah, of course he do. But logically, he knows his team is not built to make a Super Bowl run. You know, without the certain players involved, and that's why Tom Brady didn't come. He knew the Bills was gonna be there, so that's what I got out of it mm-hmm. on, the, on the pages. I felt like next year's day year is I'm that year. I'm so not looking at this year, I'm just looking like next year's day year is that
1: year. I think, um, uh, I'm a, I think with New England, I think they should have got Jamie Winston, that's my opinion,
2: yeah, yeah, I they should have. But you know, the um, I think, um, Saints, they got on him, but anyway, next topic, real quick, um guys, um. But we ran out of time here because I know y'all are some busy guys. Tom Brady in the books and A.B. to the books. How do you guys feel about it?
0: I'm liking it. I love. I like, I like, I, you know, with all the drama that A.B. went through, I didn't hear nothing about A.B. during this offseason. And for him to maintain his composure this long, to get his job back, that right. might tell us a whole that, that might tell us a whole story that maybe he either got some help and that he's he, he's turned himself around to some degree. Um, as far as you know, I, I hear I'm hearing a lot of people criticize Bruce Arians for taking him back, but see, Bruce Arians also said, you know. Uh, You know, he also criticized Tom Brady when Tom Brady lost the second game on the season. He said, you know, Tom, just he's not playing up to his ability. So he's not afraid to say what's on his mind as far as that's concerned. And he already voiced that if Antonio Brown messes up in any any type of way, he's off the team. But I'll tell you what, I like it. I like the fact that they're giving them another opportunity. I hope they do well. And, you know, I think for the most part, if anyone dislikes that Mm -hmm. – it might be fair that they might be successful. But that's right. what I see. I think Tom Brady he's a good quarterback. He's got a good he's got a good head on his shoulder. He he's got he and he's definitely he has good character. Right. So if he's okay with it, if Tom Brady is okay to be on the same field with Antonio Brown and play, you know, he's got six Super Bowl rings. He don't need to prove nothing to nobody.
2: And they said in New England that he said that he was going to let Antonio Brown, if they would stay in New England, he was gonna let him stay at his house in Massachusetts. Wow. So they right there, lady knows a lot. It's a lot of great trust there. And for you, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Bill Arians, man, honestly, um, he's one of the rawest coaches they are. And like, you just ain't have no choice but to respect him, regardless mm-hmm. if you have titles or not. He just keeps it real. So that's the type of coach that ain't gonna sugarcoat and then like, he doesn't hide or turn corners on you. He's just gonna give it to you straight. I think that was his motivation to say, hey, like, hey, Tom, we brought you here for 60 million to win. Look, you on ball time. We know you 43. You, got, you ain't got for so much longer, so it's win now. That's what we brought you in for at Tampa Bay, to win now. Not to win down the road in the future. You got to win now because at this contract, oh, well, he probably going to retire. But go ahead, Corey. What you got to say about that?
1: I'm with um, Chris on that, man. Um, I love it because when you put A.B. with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Fournette, for and with that defense, uh-huh. man. man, oh, my God.
2: They tough. I, mm-hmm. I
1: love, y'all heard me?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I love it with the with the weapon that Tom Brady have. It's kind of remind me what they doing in Tampa Bay. It's kind of remind me. I hate to say this, what Kansas City's doing. It's just they're about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Same. They this... running Tampa Bay, the, um, Tampa Bay defense is phenomenal. But my thing is with that, I just love the pieces that Tampa, Tampa Bay have. The, the 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 players that Tom Brady have. This is a Super Bowl bust or not? Because he got too many weapons to um, be. They should have been in the Super Bowl, but who knows? But I, I like it. And I'm glad to see AB back. I'm glad because he's one of them, even though he was a Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm a Raven. Don't forget that. Um, <laughs> I still like him because he. I like greatness. He's one of my best wide receivers I've seen since Randy Moss. I mean, he do everything. I don't think he's gonna do that much at Tampa Bay, cause he got Mike Evans and you got um um Chris Go- um Garwin. you got uh-huh. them. But with him cross the middle and Gronk coming across the other side, yeah, that's gonna be unbelievable. But AB got to understand this. He gonna have the, He gonna be up for a role. It's not gonna be the same situation in Pittsburgh. He gonna be a. He gonna be. He gonna play a role. He's gonna be like a slot wide receiver, ten and, mm-hmm. out, eight and out deep ball. Because Tom Brady, the way I seen Tom Brady playing, and with Bruce Allen, the coach, you know, he all about deep, deep ball. I think Tom, I think Tampa Bay, man, they got, they got a little mob over there. They got a little. I agree mob.
2: with that. I definitely agree with that. And uh, what I was gonna say is, I'm gonna add the 49ers into this conversation. That they, um, to wrap this up with the um, topics, um, I still feel like the Tampa Bay is what it is. But I'm gonna give you another reason why. Two things that may not get Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. I know it's crazy. For one, Stephen A. predicted them to be in the Super Bowl, and every time Stephen A. predicts somebody, they don't make the Super Bowl. And two, this will be the first time that a Super Bowl where it's hosted team could possibly make the Super Bowl, meaning that the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay, and usually the home team of the Super Bowl usually don't make it to the Super Bowl. But, I'm gonna, but that's one of those two things. Now I'm going to go to my other argument. The NFC right now to me is honestly wide open. And the reason why I say that, it ain't like AFC where you got Kansas City, Baltimore, maybe Pittsburgh. Those are my three right there. Everybody else can kind of get behind it. Unless the Titans, unless Tannehill can find a way to win games without just using Derrick Henry a whole lot. The defense is okay. I feel like it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or Kansas City. Those are my three. All, just nobody else, honestly. Um. And Baltimore is- just Baltimore just picked up Dez Bryant. Right, right. So I was saying, like, they, they, they're pretty loaded. So when I look at the NFC, man, right now, regardless of the records and how the records look right now, the NFC is going to come down to week 15, week 16, and we're really going to see because every team right now, Seattle play good. But I'm going to tell you now, honestly, like everybody's saying, I've been saying it all year. The only reason Seattle has won a lot of games is because Russell Wilson has been on the field for the last possession of the game. No matter if it's overtime or whatever, he's been on the field for the last possession. So he usually wins it outside of this week. The defense is horrible. The defense, I, I was looking at something. Let me pull it up real quick. I'm going to tell you the, the scores of games before we get off because we got to, um, time is running out here. I'm going to pull this up real quick for you guys. I'm going to tell you the scores of um, games that I saw. To, where, where I see it at? Let me see, make sure. Um, I saw games today where oh, here we go, here we go. Making sure, all right. They twenty-five points was put up by Atlanta to the Seattle Seahawks. A two-and-four New England team put up thirty points on the Seahawks. A two-and-five Dallas team put up thirty-one on the Seahawks. A three-and-three three Miami Dolphins team put up twenty-three. A one-and-five Minnesota Vikings team put up twenty-six. And the Arizona Cardinals won. They put up 37. So, what I'm telling you is if the Seahawks got to depend on their defense to win football games, they are barbecue chicken. And so, that's what leads me to – we don't see – we see a lot of – Tampa Bay right now looks like the only consistent team in the NFC. New Orleans is up and down. Green Bay is up and down, although they lost a good Tampa Bay. I'm going to see what Green Bay does this week and next Thursday against the 49ers. The 49ers have been beat up, left to right, got the most people on our art in the NFL right now, and still winning with just whatever they have. So the 49ers get some of these players back within the top back seven because you know the D-line ain't coming back. Um, even getting Sherman, these guys, maybe they can help in the pass coverage and make some stops. Maybe they can cause some, some confusion. And if they can run the ball good. Them, Arizona, the Rams, that we beat a good Rams team with everybody, even Donald who didn't get a sack in the game, and you add Green Bay and Tampa Bay, those six teams, it's gonna be tough, man. I'm just saying the, A- the NFC is just wide open. I'm just saying right now, I'm not even gonna predict the team in the NFC Championship. I love to see Garoppolo versus Tom Brady in the NFC Championship. But I'm just saying overall in the NFC Championship, it's wide open. I don't know who's gonna win. But um, that's about it, people on Raw Mind Sports. And I apologize, guys. And um, y'all stay tuned to our next episode.
0: All right.